Hi, I'm Taryn Winterbrill, host of Bestseller TV on C-Suite Radio. On this show, I sit down with leading business authors to find out what makes their books stand out from the crowd. With thousands of new business books and titles being published each year, we try to make it just a little bit easier for you to decide which ones are worth the read. Thanks for listening. This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Bestseller TV. I'm Taryn Winterbrill. We're here with Greg Williams. He's the author of Body Language Secrets to Win More Negotiations. Good to have you with us, Greg. Thank you. So who doesn't want to win more negotiations? <laughs> Everybody should. Everybody should. So tell us how to do it. What are some of these body language secrets? But more, more specifically, what I want to know is, you know, there's so many body language books on the market. How is yours different? Well, one of the things that you have to do is make sure that you understand what is occurring when someone uses their body in a certain manner. My book delves a lot into that as it relates to negotiation tactics and strategies and what one should be very much aware of when one is actually in the negotiation process. So as an example, if someone said to you, oh, that's my best offer, well, the body language signal says that they may be a little exasperated, number one, mm -hmm. but at the same time, the hands up it could be interpreted as a source of surrender or I'm open to more, to receiving more. So it's the little nuances in a negotiation that will allow one to gain more insight as a result of one paying attention to the opposing negotiator's body language. We all read body language. We're just not sure we're doing it, mm -hmm. right? How so? Well, for example, if I were to scream right now, Everyone would jump. Go for it. Yeah, 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 really, right? I don't want to. Okay, now see, that was a natural reaction you had. And that natural reaction came about as a result of you, and we'll talk about microexpressions a little bit later on, not thinking about what am I going to do to react to that environment that he just created. You know you're in a safe environment. And even though you know you're in a safe environment, you reacted naturally. Right. And it was something that I saw you do, and thus I now know if I were to holler loud, right. you react. Kind of changes the whole complexion of the interview. <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. You know, you talk a little bit in the book about brain games specifically, and you know, there's some physical, obviously there's physical components of body language, but there's a lot of psychological factors, mm. that, factors rather that come into play during a negotiation. So mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about those. Well, in order to understand what's occurring in a negotiation, one must first study the other negotiator as far as what it is that she really wants, why does she want it, where will she get what she needs if she can't get it from you, what time frame will she need to get whatever she's seeking, period. And in so doing, you have to understand the mindset that you're negotiating with. How do you study that? How do you prepare for that? Uh, you can do a lot of research on the internet as far as what someone's current circumstances are in today's environment. But even more so, when you're in the negotiation, the little things that you can do. And I'm going to do one right now, okay? Now look at that, look at that reaction. All I did was that I was going to do well, one, and you well, had a reaction. That was a brain game. You had that intro, I mean, I'm going to do one right now. You know, if you didn't do that, I wouldn't have known you were doing anything. Okay, okay, okay. So the emotional aspect is one that you can also cause to occur in the opposing negotiator based on how you position yourself and how you interact with that person when you're actually in the negotiation process. Okay, so are there certain things that are must-dos and must-don'ts from a psychological perspective? Yes and no. Okay. <laughs> I was afraid you were gonna say that. Okay. okay, the reason I said yes and no though is because dependent upon the type of negotiator that you're negotiating with or against, there's a mindset that negotiator has. Okay. As an example, if someone has a hard attitude, a hard attitude about negotiating, 
The only way I can win is if you lose. That person is going to be completely different to negotiate with than someone that has an open personality type. The open personality type is one whereby that individual is more amenable to going along to get along. When you also talk about personality types, you have the personality type that's easy, difficult, hard, open, and thus you have to know exactly what type you're negotiating with, such that in some cases you match that modality. For example, I could be a very open negotiator, willing to go along to get along, and if I'm negotiating against someone that has a hard-nosed attitude, I may or may not display that open attitude to the degree that that person is able to follow what I'm doing and or I may be a hard-nosed person to negotiate with in that particular uh, negotiation simply to show that person I'm just as bit as hard as you are. Now you even noticed the body language. Yes. I leaned into you as right. I was saying mm -hmm. that right. and, and you didn't back away. Well. <laughs> are we in a negotiation or an interview? So. We're always <laughs> negotiating. That's my tagline. Okay. That what you do today influences tomorrow's outcomes. Okay, so would you say these principles are applicable to, or applicable rather, to, you're saying not just negotiations, any any sort of circumstance, any oh, situation? Oh, definitely so, because okay. as I said, you're always negotiating. You talked about sort of the personality types in terms mm. of the person you're negotiating with, but you don't really know their personality type until you get into the room. So are you saying be equipped with all these personality types and then you need to adapt and be the chameleon to match that personality type? First of all, in a negotiation, you go through a planning process. Okay. And that planning process, you gather as much background information on that person's personality type such that you do know what to expect once you walk into that negotiation. Now here's the catch. Okay. As I said a moment ago, I can portray the image that needs to be portrayed in a negotiation simply to either, if my strategy is to find out what it is that you want to do in a negotiation, and I know you are an open negotiator personality type, I might display an open negotiator personality type. Get along to go along. Now, am I being a chameleon? Yes, no, possibly so. We all change in our day-to-day -day environments anyway. So, depending upon whatever the strategy is that I'm uh -huh. going to employ based on what I've been able to gather about you. How do I gather stuff about you, though? Is it the, all just social media? Uh, or is it no, just... no. You, depending upon the degree of the negotiation, you would also talk to uh, confederates of that particular individual, observe okay. uh, from others how that individual has negotiated in prior circumstances. You're always negotiating. Hmm. Okay, so you really have to do your homework. Okay, mm, that, yes. makes, that makes a lot of sense. Okay. C-Suite Radio. You mentioned micro-expressions. Ah. Uh, you talk a lot in the book about the seven universal micro-expressions, and it can really make or break a situation. I remember one, one anecdote in the book, you mentioned a micro-expression, rather, that cost a woman $45,000 mm. on the spot, which was like, what? Wow? It tells them, tell everybody about that. Well, well first of all, micro-expressions, uh, there are seven universal micro-expressions, fear, anger, disgust, surprise, contempt, sadness, and happiness. And micro-expressions last for no more than one second. When I screamed a few moments ago and you reacted, you displayed genuine fear. Mm -hmm. The brain did not have a chance to say, wait a minute, oh, I'm in a safe environment and therefore I have nothing to be fearful of. It right. was a natural reaction. And thus, in a negotiation, when you glimpse a natural reaction, you tell someone, that's my best offer. And he goes, that's your best offer? Now, you may have noticed that little... Yeah, you a little twitch there, yeah, Exactly. Yeah. That was a display of contempt. Okay. Like, but who did that? You're, you're, the, you're saying that And to... the opposing negotiator okay. actually did that. 
And if the opposing negotiator did that, you know, he has a little contempt for the fact that you stated that was your best offer. How many times in a negotiation will someone say, that's my best offer? And you go, really? Okay, bye. Oh, wait, 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 wait a minute. Come back, come back. Maybe I'll give you my next best offer or right. something of that nature. Okay. So. so in the in the woman who lost the forty-five thousand uh, dollars, what did she do wrong? What micro expression did she not read? She actually read what she thought was fear when it was surprise because her salary was negotiated down $45,000 and the hiring manager was willing to give her an additional $45,000. But when he actually heard her requirements, uh, she misinterpreted surprise with fear. Okay. And she settled for significantly oh, less. Oh, right, right. She misinterpreted surprise for fear. So she yeah. said she, she gave her amount, and then she misread what his face. And then she said, or it's negotiable, yeah. meaning that she would go lower. But his he was more surprised in how low her figure was. He was expecting a much higher figure. So it was a complete misread of the situation. You know what? You just earned your master's degree credentials. <laughs> no, but it really was interesting, because you hear these anecdotes, but it was like, right. And you just, you know, we've all been in salary negotiations, uh. and it was like, and opening moment in the book but I thought about this too a lot of negotiations Greg happen over the phone mm. so what's your what's your recommendation if that's the scenario if I were to turn my back on you you'd start becoming more attuned to the sound of my voice the pitch the verbiage that I actually used I actually noticed the sound crew actually being very astutely attuned to horns blowing outside such as not to disrupt the filming you will heighten your sense of awareness if you pay attention more to the modality in which you're negotiating so on the phone if I were to say hi Paris how are you doing today oh well okay I'm happy to hear that things are going good for you you can pick up those little subtle uh, subtleties in my voice that say oh maybe he cares maybe he doesn't then you would probe to find out to what degree what you were perceiving was accurate Greg Sounds like you're having a rough day today. Uh, why do you say that? Uh -huh. Well, listen to the tone in your voice. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Uh, so you always have to validate what it is that you are perceiving. And a lot of times, before you enter into a negotiation, you do that by setting the foundation, by just asking a few quick and short questions. How was your weekend? Uh, okay. Oh, so you went to uh, a birthday party. Ah, uh -huh. okay. And okay. Uh, what That's kind of party? Idea. Yeah, exactly. And then you observe how people utilize their eyes, their mouth, their hands, their feet, even though I'm looking at you right in your eyes right, right now, I'm also paying very close attention to your feet. Really interesting stuff. There's so much to get to. Uh, one of the things you mentioned in the book is priming. Ah. What is priming and why is it so important in terms of a body language experience? Well, we've been doing it throughout this interview. As a matter of fact, when uh -huh. I said, well, I'm going to ask you a particular question or something of yeah. that nature, I had already set the stage initially when I screamed. Okay. Uh, so it's like, okay, what's this guy going to do next or something of that okay. nature? And you're poised to actually figure out, think about what he's going to do next and to the degree that I just pause for a moment, uh -huh. <laughs> allow you to sit there right. in your what could be anxiety if that's what I wanted to instill in you. So priming happens to be a manner in which you can assist, notice that word, assist the other negotiator in seeing the negotiation from a particular perspective versus another. Hypothetically, I know I'm the prime source from which you can get what it is that you need. I also know, as a result of doing my research, mm -hmm. that you have to have an answer and a solution to this situation in a week's time. Okay. I have positional power, and I know all of that. So in that case, I may say something along the lines of, uh, if we're talking face-to-face, -face, uh -huh. 
What's going to happen to your job security if we don't conclude a deal today? Right. Are you asking me or just? No, <laughs> okay. no, no, but see, now how did you feel with that time lag that was just uncomfortable time? Well, the or? intensity shifted. Yes, it did, exactly. Or I may say, <laughs> come on, right. look, we need to conclude this deal right now because yeah. I know you have a time deadline, mm -hmm. you know, being conspiratorial, you know, so anyway. Right. So you can use the body to add extra meaning to the verbiage that you convey to someone which draws them in or pushes them away and you're priming that person for what's going to come after that. Okay, gotcha, so it's kind of a head start. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay, okay. Uh, you talk about, in terms of other visual cues, color being mm. so important. There's one anecdote about how a yellow shirt affected a negotiation. The color of someone's shirt has that much power? Well, uh, definitely so because subliminally we are drawn or repulsed by certain colors. If, for example, you are going into an IBM-type environment, the old days, uh, with the blue suits, so forth and so on, and you walk in instead with yellow, whoa, something's different about this person right away, is the signal that sends. And one individual was actually in an artistic environment with the yellow environment uh, or suit shirt on, sure. and uh, that individual was going for funding. and. He was going in a situation whereby the funders were the strict, uh, call it the old boys club, as it were. Mm -hmm. So he right away put himself at a disadvantage with the yellow on. He should have been more cautious as to the signals that he was sending just based on his yeah. color. Men are naturally attracted to the color red. Uh-huh. So, well, it, red can sense danger, mm -hmm. it can sense caution. Stop. Stop, exactly, mm -hmm. exactly. So even when a woman wears red, and this is a tip for the women out there, you, you're going to get more attraction yes. or more attention than the other ones. I did a, I did a whole split. piece on uh, red versus blue. I did ah, another cover okay. experiment. It's okay. very interesting. Well, I noticed mm -hmm. you're wearing purple. That was a conscious decision. Uh, yes. Tell me about your thought process with that. Purple is a sign of royalty, but nevertheless, oh, okay. <laughs> it's also part of my brand. So anytime I speak, train, on TV, whatever be the case, I'll always have something of purple on because it's part of my brand. Really? It's also a sign, a signal, as it were, that I'm at harmony. I will treat you right. So I'm sending those subliminal signals, and you're picking them up, I can tell. I'm picking them up. All right. <laughs> um, now, I should mention quickly, we're out of time, but this is your sixth book. Have all of them been in purple uh, encasing? So yes. They haven't, so that <laughs> yes, is your brand. Yes, okay. yes, That's good stuff. We, there was so much that we didn't get to. We didn't get to negotiation triggers, oh. nodes, node affinity, persuasion versus manipulation, <laughs> um, scarcity versus urgency. There's such great stuff in the book, and it's really eye-opening, hmm. Greg. Uh, so congratulations well, on um, making your book stand out. Thank you. And one other thing, I'll yeah. use that to say you're always negotiating, so you'll just have to have me back. Right, right. To be continued, exactly. as I say. Well, thank you again. <laughs> thank um, and you. As I said, the book is really great uh, and eye-opening. There's even a, a, a chart on eye movement, so you got to check it out. Head to our website, csweetbookclub.com, c-sweetbookclub.com. I'm Taryn Winter-Brill. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time right here on Bestseller TV. Like what you just heard? Visit c-sweetradio.com. C-Suite Radio, turning the volume up on business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.